Hey, my name is Josh Glower. I'm the director of the upcoming feature documentary, Chasing Goals, about 17 refugee athletes in Kansas City, and you're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Colbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Neil Bruce. Happy New Year to everyone listening and uh, all the best for 2024. I am joined, as always, by the talented Mr. Kobe Ron, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, mate, how you doing? Fantastic, buddy. I keep rolling on So Rare NBA, so that's three weeks in a row now. I've been kind of cashing in, but I'm looking forward to this one. This is different for us today. Yeah, we're in the month of January, and that's that's award season in the in the world of film and television. You know, we had the Golden Globes awarded just recently, the Academy Awards coming up, the BAFTAs, tis the season. So it just makes sense that we have an Emmy Award nominated uh, producer and director in our midst. He's going to, documentaries are my favorite genre, by the way, in case you didn't know. So he's going to tell us about a documentary project in his, his fine city of Kansas City, which I believe is the epicenter of soccer in the U.S., so where the Lamar Hunt is from, uh, he he owns the Kansas City Chiefs, but he's also one of the founding fathers of U.S. Soccer. The U.S. Open Cup is named after him. In any case, our lovely guest is Josh Glower. Josh, how are you doing? Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, we're great. Pleasure to have you on. Now, Josh, you're the director of the film Chasing Goals. Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, first, uh, you know, great lead, great lead up to the to the film you had there. You know, first, I got to point out that our our editor won an Emmy last night for his work on Welcome to Wrexham. So, right on. Uh, yeah, we've got a we, we've now got an Emmy nominated uh, director and producer, which means absolutely nothing. But we have a, a an Emmy award winning editor on the team. So uh, that's that's something there. So that's that's exciting for, for us to to kick off right out the gate. But you know, the film is, uh, it's a passion project of mine, something I've been working on for about six months. I'm trying to always tell stories about Kansas City. I was a transplant for a long time and, and uh, have moved back to Kansas City, always looking to tell stories about Kansas City. And uh, I've come across a soccer club here called Global FC, which is uh, an amazing organization run by some amazing coaches and uh, executive staff that caters to uh, the kind of underserved populations of refugees here in Kansas City. So um, it's a soccer club that provides uh, education, tutoring, all kinds of social assistance that 
uh, kids may need. But the exciting part for me is that it's also a soccer club, with some really, really talented and amazing kids in it. You know, I decided to, to follow one of the teams. Um, this summer, they built an elite 17s team to try to go uh, win the USA Cup in July. They combined, they didn't have enough players to, to make a 17s team. So they combined 14, 15, 16, and 17 in one month. They had one month of practices. And uh, so the film follows them up to this tournament where they had a lot of success. It was really fun to watch them do. Amazing. And I guess there would have been some adversity along the way. I can't even Absolutely. imagine what adversity that some of those players had to overcome just to get to where they are in Kansas City. But how did you capture some of that? Yeah, so, you know, it's been a challenge. Some of it is some of it is just right there on the surface, right? Like, uh, you know, you think of soccer clubs, you think of, you know, you kind of just think, at least I kind of just thought of money all the time. I just thought mm-hmm. of money with facilities and training, you know, equipment, shoes, indoor shoes, outdoor shoes, practice cleats. You know, these these kids don't have that. They're in the northeast section of Kansas City, which, you know, Kansas City is, it is a city. It's a, it's a Midwestern, smaller city, but it has its rough side. And um, that's where most of these kids are living. You know, and they played, I uh, watched them play with, with holes in their shoes and, uh, you know, the same clothes. And they're hand pulling weeds out of their field so that they can make sure that there's a flat surface to play on and, and that kind of thing. And they've got challenges uh, outside of soccer. And, and I think, 99% of them use soccer to kind of clear their mind about the neighborhood they live in, the problems they have, food insecurities they may run across, and all that kind of stuff. And that's really what the film tries to capture, right? Like we use soccer as the hook. We try to get people excited about soccer and these, uh, you know, really good young athletes. Um, some of them are really incredible. But the idea is to draw people in through sport and then kind of tell the, tell the stories of, of some of these kids and humanize, you know, a refugee issue here in the United States. Absolutely. That's amazing. And I love that, you, that you've done that. Uh, so kudos to you for, for starting a project and seeing it through. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, looking at the money side of things, where where does the funding for Global FC come from? So it's a, it's a nonprofit. Um, you know, I don't work for the club, so I don't have all the ins and outs, but most of their organization is run strictly through donations. It's a nonprofit. Um, they have a website, global FD, I think it's .net. I can check for you, but, um, and you can donate through there, but yeah, it's, it's run by volunteers. I think their staff is four or five people. Um, they have a brand new director of coaching, uh, who's a, who's on staff. His name is Michael Brown. He's an amazing coach. He's coached, uh, at the college at basically all levels, college level. He, uh, spent some time in Europe as a player and a coach. And he's, you know, uh, these kids look up to him, you know, they look up to their coaches and it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to see what a group of, of volunteers does, uh, for these boys. And, and, you know, as a, as a filmmaker, I didn't know what it takes to run a soccer club. I didn't, you know, uh, I just wanted to tell the story and and getting in there. I see these coaches putting six kids in their car, driving them to games. You know, it's a lot of things that the, the average coach doesn't have to worry about or deal with. It's, you know, going and knocking on doors, waking kids up for games and holding them accountable. You know, some of them don't have cell phone plans. So it's, it's all through Wi-Fi messaging and uh, you know, it, it, it's hard and cats really, you know, I guess te- teenage boys are, are, are teenage boys, but these, there's an extra layer here. 
Um, and it's really, it's really cool to watch the passion and the commitment and the ter- determination of the coaches along, right along with these kids. Now, the idea of shooting a documentary film based on this, it's your idea. This is your personal passion project, correct? Yeah, this was, you know, it started as an idea that I had. I've been fortunate to have some people come on. My director of photography, his name is Evan Wunsch. Uh, he's a, he's an amazing shooter with an amazing eye and has really made this look beautiful. I think it really, really adds to the heart, um, the sort of very cinematic look we've been able to give. Um, I think it's probably more cinematic than a lot of documentaries. Um, and I'm really grateful, grateful for that. But, uh, and, and then, like I said, our, our, our new Emmy winner, uh, Curtis McConnell is, is editing the film. So it's a really small group. Um, we're looking for partnerships and allies and, uh, we want to bring on a couple of, uh, as executive producer types when the, when the time is right to kind of open some doors and, uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was my idea. And then I just kind of, <laughs> then I just kind of asked for help and, and we've gotten to where we are right now. You know, I'm proud of it. I, I think it's a, it's going to be an amazing film and I really hope these kids like it. It's really all about the kids. Yeah. I looked into you. I did a deep dive on you and your team and you have got quite the all-star group there. Congratulations. Like you mentioned on the, the Emmy to your editor. Yeah. Is the documentary film community a small one? I think it, it you know, 10 years ago, I would have said yes. Now I think it's not because everybody's got a camera in their pocket. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, that's, it's freeing in a lot of ways. I think, you know, I think it lowers the bar, uh, to a certain extent, but I think that it's just adapting with the tools that are now at hand. I think a lot, there's a lot of really talented filmmakers who are doing, you know, uh, stuff with their phones. Um, you know, the new, the new phones are, are incredible with, with mm-hmm. what they're capable of doing. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's, it's a massive group and, and, and even in Kansas city, just reaching out, trying to find, uh, support to do this film. Uh, I found so many people that I didn't even know were filming <laughs> in Kansas City. Kansas City is not a big, huge place, right? So it's an interesting world. And, and you know, I've learned a lot in this process because I'm used to being on cable TV shows where, you know, there's uh, uh, someone to do every position. Um, yeah. So in, th- in this case, you know, I always joke around that being a producer in Kansas City is doing all the jobs you can't afford to hire someone else to do. So I've, you know, in this particular case, there's literally three people working on it, which means all three of us have really kind of, you know, done a, done a dive into what we usually have other people working on, (laughs) (laughs) kind of figuring out some of those things. I mean, I've been, I've spent the last two weeks doing nothing but marketing, which for an old, for, for a guy who's not young trying to, to navigate and, and hit people up through social media and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like, man, could I have a team, please? Could I, (laughs) could I have somebody to help me, uh, design TikToks and all this kind of stuff. But uh, it's, it's been fun and uh, you know, it's time consuming, but it's, it's the first project I've worked on in years where I'm like, man, this is cool. And I like this, you know, I'm meeting so many cool people. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I really hope that, you know, people see this and see these boys. And if, if, if nothing else think, you know, these, these refugees are people and you know they can add a lot and if they need help we need to help them so you know hopefully some of the some of these boys you know we can we can get the film in front of some scouts and some colleges and and all that kind of stuff as well but uh you know deep down it's it's just about sort of the humanity of the thing and let's embrace that and and you know it's a it should be a positive not a negative no that's that's fantastic josh and 
I mean, did it just happen to be soccer or are you a soccer fan yourself? So it's random um, in a way. I love soccer now. Okay. I didn't even understand soccer probably two years ago. I have a daughter, a 10-year-old daughter, uh, who I took to see the Kansas City Current play when they were playing at a minor league baseball stadium. <laughs> Flash forward three years later, I met with some of the players today talking about how they have the only female sports stadium in the entire world is being built right here in Kansas City and it's going to be ready for their next season mm-hmm. which is which is amazing but but to answer your question the uh you know the soccer came from just seeing my daughter gravitate towards it and then becoming really big Casey current fans um and then I volunteer at some uh, refugee relocation services and, and wanted a way to to try to get my daughter involved in that as well and uh, when I found out there was a soccer club that was catering to that same community, the refugee population in Kansas City, I thought it was it was kind of a no-brainer just to get involved and volunteer and, you know, see if I could get my daughter on one of the teams. And, uh, you know, it very quickly turned into a job where I, I just felt like I needed to tell the story. And now I don't, they'll laugh at, you know, they'll laugh if they hear me say this, but I, I feel like I understand soccer now. Not like they do, okay. <laughs> you know, but... But but now I I do I love soccer I think it's it's uh, it's it is a beautiful game I mean it's it's fun to watch and and uh, I'm watching it at a level that I kind of didn't understand it's not parks and racks anymore it's you know these kids are really good no that's awesome that's awesome man some of the best things we do in life happen and by accident so that's it's yeah. kind of cool how you fell into that yeah it's it's amazing and yeah really beautiful thing uh, as I said you know lead up. Myself and Kobe were located in Canada, and Canada's top men's player is Alfonso Davies. And not everyone knows this, but he he came to Canada as a refugee. So mm. I think that's yeah, it's so important that we humanize uh, yeah. these stories because these people they also have lives and they also have hopes and dreams. So absolutely, and it's. It's people like that that we're trying to reach out to and, and try to help us push this along. And, you know, we're reaching out to a couple of Chiefs players in Kansas City who are we're also refugees. And, and you know, I think it's, it's really inspiring to see uh, those who have had such success, right, and try to use them, come on as ex- executive producers and, and help promote and push the film and also show the, show the boys that, you know, that, you can do this if you work hard and even if you know that said even if you don't make it to be a professional um there's they're learning so much you can you can go get an education through sport uh you can become a doctor you know if you you can you can uh get scholarships you can do you know anything you want and and i see that drive you know these kids are more driven than i've ever been about anything in my life and i think that's just it's just really inspiring to watch absolutely now, I must say, I did mention the Hunt family in my intro. I, I'm not sure how accessible they are, but have you managed to cross their path in terms of getting the film out there? I know they're pretty big in, in terms of soccer in, this, in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's. I'm a filmmaker. I'm not a networker. I'm not a marketer. So I'm in the process of, of uh, I mean, like I said, I met with a couple of uh, Casey Current players today and uh, I'm in the process of, of reaching out to anyone and everyone I can. You know, that, that said, I, I spent 15 years of my adult life in L.A., so my Kansas City Rolodex isn't as deep as I needed to be <laughs> to, be to mm-hmm. pull this off. But that's also why I'm doing pods and, and talking about the film, you know. 
just trying to get the word out there and doing something other than sending cold DMs, uh, as the, as they say, you know, through the social mm-hmm. media and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you also never know when that's going to hit. So, um, I have not crossed paths with the hunts. I would obviously love to, <laughs> yeah. um, or, or, or any of the, you know, that's Kansas city royalty, obviously. So, uh, it's funny that to me, knowing who I am and where I sit, that that seems sort of unattainable, but at the same time, it's, you know, you always, I always have to remember that, you know, it, it, the same reason that I'm doing the film that, you know, the people like people like that are also just people. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we, if we can, if we can figure out a way to connect and tell the story of, of these 17 boys who represent uh, a much, much larger population, I mean, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, especially given what the landscape with which the film is going to be released in and it's uh yeah very timely as well very very timely now yeah i think so mm, i must ask have you heard of a festival called hot dogs i think i have not i have not uh it's so it's a documentary specific festival that is in toronto every spring it's big usually march april yeah it's really big i mean tiff is the big one the international film festival up here yeah, but mm-hmm. hot dogs is specifically documentaries, and uh, I get up for that. That's big fan of that. So nice. I, I'm not sure if you're in post production yet or not, or if you've completed. But yeah, I would love to see your film at Hot Dogs. If not this year, then hopefully next year. Yeah, I'll have to look into it for sure. I, uh, you know, we're we're trying to budget for a a festival run. You know. Part of what we're doing, my most of my professional life has been in television, so we're we're hit, we're hitting up streamers and uh, that kind of thing. It's it's kind of what I know, but I think the the idea of doing a festival run just sounds really fun to me. I mean, I know mm-hmm. uh, I know it's it's also sort of grueling, and you know, there's there's a lot that goes into it that's that's less fun than just being able to go show your film places, but. I like that idea. I like doing some local ones. I like being, you know, I like the idea of being able to take some of our, our kids, you know, to experience that kind of thing. I, I want to do a premiere here in Kansas City so that, you know, these kids can all go watch themselves on a screen with, with as many, with as many cool and, 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 uh, people from Kansas City as possible. And, you know, just, just help them feel like the stars that they are for a night, you know. But yeah, you know, things, things like hot docs, that's, that's, um, that's amazing. That's, that's the route that uh, we'll probably end up going any place we can show it. You know, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I love that. I I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. Now, Josh, you, you tried to downplay the whole Emmy nomination, like it didn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that maybe, you know, I get the feeling that some of our, listeners might get the idea that you're relatively new to this and you sort of fell into it and it's part of your background but you've worked on a number of very recognizable projects let our fans know some of the tv shows and productions that you've actually been involved in yeah sure i mean i've done you know i downplay it because it ends up feeling like a job it feels like work and uh, so to me, it's sort of like, yeah, I did the show and the show and the show and the show, but what really excites me is this documentary and that's just how it sort of comes out. But yeah, I've done, you know, probably close to 20 years of national shows for, uh, you know, MTV, HGTV, MSNBC, A&E, 
you know, a good chunk of the, the cable networks. Um, mm-hmm. I like to work as what's called a story producer, which is uh, somebody who sits in the, in the post part of it and, and puts together the stories. Okay. Um, a lot of times people will go out and they'll film stuff and, you know, that's, that's great, but then you got to get it into, you know, 51, 48, which is the time, <laughs> you know, zeroed out time with commercials and everything else. So you have to yeah. really like figure out what the story <laughs> is. And, uh, that's the role that I like. I like to just sit in front of my, uh, my computer, the Avid, as they call it, and, and do all that and put it all together and work with the editors and, and make all that happen. So that's what I've done a, a majority of my career. I've done, a, I've done, uh, directing and that kind of thing and going out in the field. And, you know, part of the reason that I want to tell, uh, Kansas City stories is, is A, that I'm partial to Kansas City. I think it's an amazing town, but I also don't want to travel all the time, uh, for work. I love travel for fun, but, I have a 10 year old daughter and uh, part of the reason we left LA was so that I can pick her up from school every day and drive her to soccer practice and uh, all the things that, you know, are, are literally almost impossible to do if you work in television in Los Angeles, cause you work, you know, 15 hour days every day. So yeah, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've done some things. I've done a few shows and like, you know, like, like, um, let's see, what have I done? I used to say the biggest one I've ever worked on was Duck Dynasty, but now I'm not sure that anyone knows what that is anymore. Oh, um, they do. Now I've done a, I've done a, a lot of uh, true crime stuff. I just did a show for Hulu um, with a company out of Texas that was that was a lot of fun. It was called what was it called How I Caught My Killer. I've done a lot of oxygen shows, mm-hmm. um, producing in post, putting together stories of uh, true crime, murders, that kind of stuff. I did a show called Lock Up for MSNBC for six seasons. That was uh, they sent camera crews for in in for thirty days inside prisons. So it's a docu series about uh, prisoners and sort of prison politics and the things that happen in prison, which is uh, a pretty dark place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I had to, I left that show and uh, went and worked with the the guys who. Uh, uh, make jackass so that was a oh. that was my one that was my 180 <laughs> um, went and, and sat in the office and put together stories with these these fellows from finland from uh i believe it was finland called the dudesons and they did jackass style pranks and and that kind of stuff so um i kind of run you know I've, I've i've been all over i've done how home improvement shows and shows about building muscle cars and uh you know all kinds of stuff but uh it's now i'm finally f- figuring out that you know, as, as I suppose we all do now that I'm, now that I'm 44, it's a lot easier to do the things you want to do sometimes. And, and they turn out better if you're really passionate about it. Obviously I'm paying for this one. So I got to, I still got to f- figure out how to pay the bills, but uh, I, I think that's where, you know, your rights pointed out. I mean, uh, I think that's where the downplaying comes from though. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, to put it in perspective, all those other jobs you mentioned, those were jobs. Those were other people's projects, correct? Yep. Absolutely. This is the first one that's really your own? This is the first thing I've ever shot at a feature link that's my own. I have my own company here in Kansas City called G10 Creative that uh, has shot uh, smaller docs, right? Six-minute docs, little series of docs on artists and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, this is the first feature length uh, project that I've ever worked on, yeah. Right on. Kudos to you, buddy. Or, that, or I should say that is that was my own. I've worked on a ton that weren't my own. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, it's a little bit scary, like biting off something that big. And, uh, you know, but I've got great help. Uh, I've got some people behind me that aren't going to let it fail. And uh, so, you know, that's some peace of mind. That's right. That's right. It's always good to have a great team, isn't it, Nee? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, 
I definitely get where you're coming from when you say that it, it does feel like uh, a lot. There's three of you. You've brought this together. There's three of us. Um, yeah, sometimes it feels like you, <laughs> you're juggling multiple plates, but uh, you, you persist and you find a way. What's some yep. advice you pass on to folks who are who, who want to go down your path of, you know, making films, making documentaries, and and creating magic like that? I think finding something that you know you actually care about, and it's not something that you think other people will care about. I've done a lot of development, cable development on shows that I thought would make good shows, but it was because I thought other people would think they were good shows and they did not go the distance, right? So shot sizzle reels and pitched them and they didn't sell. Shot sizzle reel pitched and they didn't sell. This particular project has had the most interest. We're not even done yet. Uh, and this, this has had more interest than anything I've ever done kind of on my own. And I think, you know, so that's, that is the advice, right? It's like, you have to find something that you're going to do for you. And it's funny hearing me, hearing me say that, like you hear people say that. I've heard people say that for years. Like if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, you got to do the thing that's for you because you don't know if anyone's ever going to like it. Right. Well, you know, if you sit down and think about that, the reason no one ever likes it is because you don't like it. So you got to do the thing that you want to like, and then other people are going to like it. And if they don't, you will have already done, you will have done it for yourself anyway. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's, I think that's the thing. And, and, you know, there's, uh, some tenacity that I think you have to have. And, uh, I think you have to really ride that roller coaster of, you know, I, I, some nights I'll lay, I'll lay up at night and be like, man, I've spent a lot of money on this and who cares about it. And then the next day I'll get a call from, you know, uh, a decent sized athlete who's like, how can I help you? You know? And it's like, okay, well, so just, just <laughs> take the valleys with, the, you know, with the peaks and, uh, don't give up. If it's something you really want to do, stick with it. And, and, you know, if you like it, it's going to show. Absolutely. Now, I've I got to ask, I'm, I'm, I'm a big food guy. Uh, Kobe knows this. You're in Kansas City. If I'm not mistaken, that's one of the major barbecue cities in America. Tell us, what's the go-to? It's the only barbecue city in America, as far there as Kansas City is concerned. There yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell anyone in, in, in Georgia or Carolina that. <laughs> I'll keep that between yeah. us. Uh, so yeah, tell us. us and us and your audience. Yeah, it's uh, you know the spots here. I know you're going to ask the spots, and uh, yeah. Joe's Joe's will always be the spot. I think, and I think a lot of people would disagree. There's some mom and pops that are that are real good, but you know the Joe's and go to the original Joe's that's in the gas station. It, it started out connected to a gas station, uh, uh, but Joe's Kansas City. That's that's the spot to go. Okay, and when, when I'm in there, what am I ordering? Uh, the Z-Man. You're ordering the Z-Man, which I believe it, like I may I may get this, these details slightly wrong, but I believe it's a burnt end sandwich, which burnt ends is uh, a Kansas City thing, um, which is sort of the ends cut off ribs. Mm. Um, so it's like these chunks of meat. Oh, that sounds so good. But yeah, yeah, they they do it right, and and Kansas City's all about the sauce. So any of this dry rub nonsense yes. or or any, anything else is that's, <laughs> that's why that's why we say it's not barbecue. Um, but but Kansas City, <laughs> Joe, it used to be called Oklahoma Joe's. Now it's Joe's Kansas City. Uh, order the Z Man. There we go. I like it. I'm, I I just pulled up a photo and yep. <laughs> that, that looks good. It sounds amazing. It does. Have a, have a look. Have a look at it, and uh, you know, see if they'll mail you one. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Josh. I mean, in Kansas City, obviously the Kansas City faithful love their Chiefs, but are there any Royals fans left? You know, there are. Uh, I'm. I, I wouldn't say I'm not one of them, but uh, having moved to LA for so long, yeah, it was always Chiefs for me um, because it became a ritual. My wife and I would go games. You know, you guys know this because you're not uh, in the middle of the in the middle here, but. Games are on at 10 a.m. there, so yeah. it became, uh, you know, and the Chiefs were always sort of up way, way down and way up, way down. And so anyway, it was a, this ritual to go to. Uh, there's a bar called bon, Barney's Beaner that has a TV at every table so you could change the channels and, you know, you could you could meet up with the three other Chiefs fans. And uh, it just became this sort of uh, connection to home. And, and there wasn't that with baseball when we were out in L.A., so. We, we happened to get lucky and come back and they went to the World Series twice the first two years we were back. So everybody was high on the Royals for, for a minute there again. But uh, it's it's a Chiefs town. Uh, sorry, Royals. I, I honestly would say it's, it's a Chiefs town. And right now it feels like a Kansas City current town with the new stadium being built. They've done like such an amazing job, like making this town into like soccer town, USA and you know, the, the state I drive past the stadium and every day it's like, Oh, there's a new seat put in. Like it's, you know, we're just counting it down uh, for that thing to be built. But it's, uh, it's, I don't know if there's any, I'll, I'll be honest. Are there Royals fans? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now everybody knows the, the goal of the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. What, what is the seasonal goal of Global FC? So Global FC wants, wants their kids to succeed. Right. Um, And, and, and I am not a staff, like I don't work for them, uh, as I mentioned earlier, but, you know, I know and I see in them and their mentors, they have a whole system of mentors. And I just see this group of people who just genuinely cares about these kids and just making sure that they can get through normal processes that, you know, you and I might take for granted, like getting a driver's license and signing up for college financial aid and all these things that are completely foreign, just making sure that they can be kids. They can be normal kids and, and succeed and have uh, some kind of equitable shot at life and not just, just slip through these cracks. And, you know, is it about soccer? I mean, there's really, really talented coaches and there's really, really talented soccer players. But, I mean, it's about these kids' happiness. It's about, you know, these kids being able to be kids. And the executive director, her name is Maria. She's, you know, she's she's done an amazing job setting this thing up and, and the amount of kids that, you know, I would say she has impacted um, along with this this amazing network of mentors and coaches and uh, the new director of coaching. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. I mean, and, and the kids are infectious. Like, it, not, it just seems like nothing gets them down. I mean, and, and just watching them uh, play, you know, and I know that I'm biased isn't the right word. I only see a slice of their life because they're usually playing soccer when I'm with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's, uh, that's, that's the, that's the happy place. Right. But, uh, it's just fun to watch these kids like thrive. And, and a lot of that is through, through global. And the mood of your documentary, I mean, what are you hoping for here? Are you hoping for a, a Rocky style inspiration moment where you want to rush out to the gym, hit the bench press and do your personal best? Or are you looking like, someone should have a box of Kleenex beside them when they're watching this. I mean, I think it's both. I think the, you know, the Rocky style thing though, isn't running out and doing your personal best. It's running out and finding somebody who might need a hand and helping them. Okay. You know, I think, I think that's, that is how we are at our best. 
is doing what we can to help somebody else, especially if they can't help you back. Um, I think that's important. Uh, I do think there's, you know, uh, lots of people have watched our trailer and cried. So you do, <laughs> you may need some Kleenex okay. with you, but, uh, you know, it's about being real. It's about, you know, we have kids that love it here and we have, uh, one kid that I've interviewed wants to go, literally wants to go back to Africa because he's so afraid of gun violence in Kansas city. And it's, I didn't expect that when I started this project. I mean, I was shocked Yeah. and, and, but I want to tell that story too. You know, I mean, that's, it's a major problem and you have kids who didn't eat every day, but would rather be in, be in a situation where you eat one meal a day than uh, worry about getting shot in the street. I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's, it's something that I want to point out. I mean, I naively went into this thinking all these kids would think America was amazing. Um, and to be honest with you, like a lot of them are disappointed when they get here. Um, it's not that they're not grateful. It's not that they're, that they're not better off than they were. But I've had kids tell me literally that they thought leaving a refugee camp in Africa when they got on a plane that they were flying to heaven and mm-hmm. the United States was in heaven. Um, and that's, you know, they get here and that's not the case. It's, you know, sometimes six, seven, eight people living in a small apartment and, you know, it's not what you see in, in movies. It's not Beverly Hills and, uh, that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I want to point out that it's not all roses when you, when you leave and it's hard, but I like to, to show that, you know, a lot of these kids are, are doing well and it's through places like global. I think it's important to lift up organizations that do that work and just kind of let the, you know, let the story stand and speak for itself. Is the trailer you mentioned accessible by the public or no? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. We have a website. Uh, it's chasinggoalsfilm.com. Our, our uh, film is called Chasing Goals, as in soccer goals or life goals, mm-hmm. Chasing Goals. It's also on, you know, we have a Facebook page and Instagram page and uh, the trailer's pinned to, the, to the, both of those profiles so you can find it pretty well. Uh, pretty easily, I would hope. And, you know, we ask people, like, go go to those trailers on those socials and share them. Um, if you want to tag us, that's great. If you don't, that's okay, too. But more people we get in in front of, I think, the more sort of excitement and, and buzz. And, and to be honest with you, you know, the more successful the film can be, if only in the sense that, like, I can say, look, look, look at how many people wanted to see your story, you know? Yeah. No, that's fantastic, Josh. Right on, buddy. Yeah, that's... That's a beautiful thing. And uh, we can find, uh, yes, the website for those who, who are listening is chasinggoalsfilm.com. Yep. Where can we find it on social media? Um, so there's Chasing Goals Film and there's Chasing Goals Documentary. Hang on, I can uh, should know the, I should know the difference. But like I said, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, not a marketer. <laughs> but yeah, if you just search Chasing Goals on either platform, you'll find it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, as I said, we look, I, I really believe this is kind of film that belongs at Hot Dogs. It's, it fits everything that that festival is all about. And I look forward to seeing it there in due course. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. No doubt. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys. I appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to let me talk about it. No, great talking to you, buddy. Indeed. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. 
You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.